Uh, guys, it is a privilege to be here. And just uh, by way of introduction, my name is Bo Fournette, and I've had the privilege for the last year of uh, serving as uh, one of the elders here and have been around uh, and a part of this body since, I believe, May of 2001 uh, for the old timers. Uh, my first uh, time to worship with you guys was at Criswell College, uh, which was a, I think, short three-week life uh, of our experience. Um, been married to my bride for 18 years, and uh, last week we celebrated uh, 23 years since the first time I got to take her on a date. Uh, so I won in that one. Uh, God has given us five children. Uh, they're now ages four to 12, and uh, vocationally, I'm in the investment management business. So um, today I was asked to talk about uh, James 4.13 to 5.6, and I'm really going to focus mainly on 4.13 to 17, and then we'll talk very briefly about how uh, 1 through 6 fits into that. Uh, so I'd like to just quickly read uh, 13 to 17, and then uh, we'll go from there. So here James says, uh, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town, and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is this. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, uh, you are boasting about your pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So... um, when I read a passage, uh, when I'm done, I try to do two things. Uh, the first thing I want to do is understand, what do I think it says? Uh, and then, before I talk about how to apply it today, I like to just think through times in the past uh, where either I've been faithful to the passage or uh, times in the past where I'd really like to have a do-over, uh, and God graciously taught me as I did the wrong thing. Uh, so I wrote down some notes on that, and so I want to share some of my um, sort of past wins and fails um, and think about this passage, and then on the back end, we'll go through uh, how I read the passage. Uh, so I'll hit on uh, three things, uh, kids, work, and life today, and try to share a, an area where I, I think I wrestled poorly with this passage, and an area where I think I did a little better. Uh, so kids, uh, in 2000, uh, my wife and I got pregnant or she got pregnant, uh, and I had the privilege of being there for it. And um, I had all these plans about uh, having kids and being very analytical. I'm like, okay, uh, there's you know, this miscarriage thing, and what do the odds look like with that? And, okay, there are these odds in the first three weeks and on and on. And I'm thinking about everything analytically and what's life going to look like with this kid. Um, and about week 12 or 13, uh, we had a miscarriage. And, uh, and I just reflected and said, i I had all these plans. I thought about all the science behind this thing. I thought about everything I wanted to do um, as a father. And I just wasn't praying about God's will in this, recognize that this was God's child, uh, and just praying about what that will would be, uh, but more importantly, praying that um, I would be pleased with and trusting in what his will is. Um, Fast forward uh, a few years later, and after having a couple of biological kids, we decided to uh, go down the adoption route. Uh, Nine-month process, generally, in the country we were adopting from, and um, our adoption process took 27 months. Uh, There were normally one, maybe two court hearings, and I lost count at somewhere between 10 and 12 court hearings. 
Uh, and through all of this, as people ask me, what's going on? Why are there delays? Um, I truly believe, and I continue to say, uh, the courts are getting ahead of God's will in this. Um, and the reason why we keep going to court uh, is because God's time is not there yet. Um, this isn't how I scripted it, uh, but I trust that God has a plan here, and I just want to be faithful in the midst of it. Um, and as we're thinking about just parenting kids and, you know, it was our heart for our kids to love Jesus uh, and love learning and growing in life um, is our heart to uh, have them get A's on every test, be on the sports teams we care about, and have success in things that um, have value here um, but are fleeting in the light of eternity. Uh, and so that's just how we're wrestling with this passage today. I'm at work. Uh, 2001, uh, I'm in Houston in a cab, driving back to the airport to fly back home. Uh, I was in a job where most of our compensation was in a bonus. Uh, I got a phone call saying, tough year. Um, This is what we're doing with bonuses. And I was frustrated. Got home and said, Nat, I think I got to quit this job. Um, Spent some time thinking and saying, okay, if compensation is um, why I'm in this job, why i I'm happy with this job, uh, then am I really here because I want to be a follower of Christ and serve him wherever I am, um, or is this about me getting money to accomplish things that may or may not have to do with me wanting to honor Christ? Um, and that was really um, a pivotal moment for me, and, and I've talked about what happened in 2002 um, when I chose to make changes to my life um, as, a, as a father. Um, it, at the time, I thought it was an important decision, and, and now I would say that was the pivotal decision um, in my walk with Christ, as I just really recognized, uh, am I really about everything being about Jesus, and what are the responsibilities of my life, and how do I prioritize them? Um, and so now, as I think about work, I often say, um, you know, is this job allowing me to have time with my family? Is it allowing me to have time with my ministry, um, or am I compromising them uh, for my job? Am I able to use my gifts at work? And then when it comes to, um, to finances, uh, am I able to provide for my family, right? Which is a very different question than um, am I making the amount of money uh, that I want? Uh, and last week, uh, we had a very interesting week at work, um, investment management business. And uh, so I'm in a position where I I have the privilege of owning a part of the company, which means uh, I don't have a paycheck. Um, If we do well, then um, I work for compensation. If we don't do well, uh, then work is pro bono. And um, and so last week I went from having a, what was a good year uh, to looking like this year is going to be potentially my first year where I get to say I worked for free uh, for a year. And, uh, and my wife and I were on a date last Tuesday night, and we hadn't really talked about it. She said, how was work? And I mentioned that. Uh, and I said, you know, this just, it doesn't bother me, right? I'm not there for this purpose. I'm there because this is where I think I'm supposed to be today. Uh, and God is sovereign in how he thinks about compensation, how he thinks about those things. And uh, he's not unaware of this. He's not in control of this. And if, if he has a will, then I want to get in line with it. Um, and just continue to ask the questions, but trusting him. Um, and today, uh, there's one area where I'm really struggling right now, and one recent one where I, I feel good about how I um, dealt with this. So the one I'm struggling with is uh, 2028 uh, is a special year for me. 
Uh, I talk to my wife about it a lot, and I'm really excited about it. Um, and so I love being with my wife. Uh, and, and I'm one of those people that uh, if I'm not at work, I, I just really enjoy being with her, doing things, experiencing life, making memories. Um, and in 2028, our youngest kid graduates from high school. Uh, God willing. And, uh, and so I often talk about, like, I can't wait to do X, Y, and Z in 2028 and do these things and have these different experiences. And then part of that is really good in that I love being with my wife. I know a lot of people, the kids leave, and it's like, what do I do now? Um, I'm stuck with my wife. And, uh, and it's really a sad spot to be in. Uh, but I, I'm at risk of having all of these plans and things that I'm excited about doing with my wife um, and not just saying, look, God, I don't know what you're going to have for us then. Um, I don't know if there are other kids that are going to come in our home. I don't know if I'm going to have health. I don't know if I'm going to be alive. I don't know what's going to be going on with my wife, what we're going to be called to in ministry. And I really need to be wrestling through. Uh, God, I'm excited about being in your will today. And if your will is to have me alive in 2028, I'm excited about whatever your will is for me then. Uh, and so I think that's the area where I'm most struggling with me making my own plans. Um, and on the flip side, uh, the elder process has been, uh, uh, was a really good process for me, uh, which was about a 12 to 18-month process of, of the guy speaking with me. And I think in every uh, conversation uh, that I had with uh, Todd and Dean and Kyle, I wanted to make sure um, that I accomplished two things. Uh, reiterate uh, why I wasn't qualified for the role um, and to remind them of any weakness um, in my walk with Christ that I was made aware of that week. Uh, making sure I never pushed them and just continue to pray, God, please, uh, if this is not your will, um, I don't want to go there. I don't want to find significance in this. Um, I want to be in your will. And just sit back and, and waiting for that to play out, while at the same time being faithful to everything that was asked of me, and just being faithful to being a follower of Christ. And, um, and I think if I could have that attitude um, in everything that I'm dealing with, really just seeking God's will, uh, then I could say that I am living according to James 4, uh, 15 and 17 as opposed to uh, James 4.13 or 5.1 to 6. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, we'll spend eight or ten minutes just quickly going through uh, the passage and then let you off into um, your groups. Uh, so to tee this up, um, 2.1 through 4.3, James just says, all right, there are four different ways of being a friend of this world and really warning about those. And, um, and then the third application question you have on the orange sheet, um, I mentioned the four ways that, that I think that he's laid out being a friend of this world and, and where those are, um, if you're curious. Um, and then in um, beginning of chapter 4, in verses 4 and 5, he sort of changes the tone and says, you know, you foolish people, and then points out how they've been guilty of a lot of the things that he's been saying in chapter 2 and in chapter 3. And so he's got their attention, and then verses 6 through 12 is always, that's my favorite piece of of every epistle. Uh, That's where he turns to the gospel, and he talks about how Christ changes everything, and in humility we need to go to the cross, we need to trust and follow him. And then he comes out of that to 413, which is where we are right now. Uh, and he goes back into talking about ways of being a friend of this world, similar to what you see in, in uh, chapter 2 and in chapter 3. So 413 uh, is that, that first verse where he says, you know, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to go into a certain town and we'll stay there for a year. We'll do business there and we'll make a profit. 
And so he has this in quotes, talking about people that are doing this. Um, and the person here is making their own decisions. They decide that they're going to be alive in a year, and they decide what they're going to do, and that they're going to have success in what they do. Um, so this person has as their focal point themselves and the determinant and the definition of the, their success coming from themselves. And so out of that, in 4.14, James challenges that. And he just asks a couple of questions. He says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Which is sort of the back half of 4.13. And since your life is like a morning fog, it will be here for a little while, then it's gone. So you don't know if you're going to be alive much less what your success is going to be like, where are you going to be, or what have I defined as, as my will for you? And so that's the challenge, challenge there. He said, are you really supposed to be the focal point in your life and the key determinant of things in your life? Um, and then he provides the alternative in verse 15. So that's where we get sort of a better definition of what the person should have said in verse 13, uh, where he says, what you ought to have said is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live, and we will do this or that. Uh, and so there, James is reminding us, God is in control. God has a will, and you want to be in that will, whatever it might be. And uh, that's hard. Uh, that's not easy, and it's especially hard um, when the calling is hard, uh, when it causes us to seek forgiveness, uh, or even worse, to offer forgiveness, uh, to a person that you don't think is especially sorry, uh, that um, has hurt you, um, or if the calling um, involves um, being ridiculed, mocked, not celebrated, um, giving up the temporal for the eternal, that is not easy. Uh, But this this passage doesn't talk about whether or not it's easy for what that calling is. And from there, in verse 16, he rolls back to basically saying, well, what about verse 13? What is that? Um, And in verse 16, he tells us otherwise, saying otherwise to verse 15. So if you have that verse 13 view, then you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. And so what it's saying is if you reject verse 15 and you embrace verse 13 in your living, uh, that is sinful pride, right? It is prideful and that pride is sin, Um, and so then he gives us a call to action. And um, I think verse 17, uh, which is the memory verse in today's passage, uh, is my favorite verse in this whole section. Um, so we'll spend a minute talking about that verse and then how it ties back to some pivotal verses earlier in chapter 4. Uh, so it says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Uh, this is one of my early memory verses when I started memorizing verses. And um, that and then... Um, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. Those two passages um, are the two probably most used passages when I get to an intersection of what do I do in life. Um, and so that's the call to action here. And I'd say, well, what is that what he ought to do? Uh, part of it is knowing all of Scripture and what do I ought to do and do it. Uh, but what are the key verses that we've read in James leading up to this? And I'm going to note uh, quickly three passages in James 4, verse 7 to 8, verse 10, and verse 15. And I'm going to read those and then say, what do those say? So verse 7 to 8 says, humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. 
Wash your sins, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And then verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. And then verse 15, what you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. And so what that is saying is come to the cross. Live as though you were submitted to Christ in all things. That's what James is saying. That's what you ought to do. And if we get that right, then the rest of Scripture uh, both makes more sense to us and the yoke of that, the burden of that is light, right? Because we are submitted to Christ and we're following after him. And that's what James is saying here. And then everything else falls from that. And if we don't get that right, um, then Scripture is not easy to submit to, right? Because in the flesh, we reject Christ, right? Adam and Eve, they have one rule, one, and they couldn't follow it, right? And now we have this calling in life that goes so much beyond one calling of don't eat from that tree, right? Trust God. Uh, and it's not easy apart from Christ. And so from there, uh, verses 1 to 6 of chapter 5 uh, just flesh out um, a stronger example of um, back in verse 13 of what happens when you say we'll make our plans. And so you see someone that um, has their plans. Their plans are so important to them that they lose sight of everything else. They lose sight of the will of God. They lose sight of what that means to other people and how that affects people. Uh, And I'll say that um, that passage, um, I read that, uh, and I see my life today um, if God had not intervened uh, in early 2000. Uh, In late 1999, um, I just graduated from uh, a fancy business school, felt like I was on top of the world. I was 24 years old when I graduated uh, from graduate school, and I had just signed a, a contract for a job um, that made about 150% of what I thought I might make one day later in my life if I was really successful. Um, I felt like I had accomplished uh, all the things that I had set out to do, uh, and I was ready to work long hours, travel the world, um, and not really think about anybody else, including my wife. Um, and I thought I was on top of the world. And in reality, um, I had my course set for disaster. Uh, and God, in his gracious kindness, before I hit bottom, um, said, uh, I have a plan for you, and now is the time to see it. Um, and it changed everything. And, and, and if you are in the midst of living a James 4.13 life, um, I would think about the cross, think about Christ. Is that where your life is? And then trust in verse 4.15, right? Trust the way of God. Uh, So the takeaways uh, from this is uh, three questions. Do you have a right view of God? And I just noted, uh, I believe he's sovereign. I believe he's good. I believe he's wise, and I believe he's trustworthy. Um, two, do you have a right view of yourself? Uh, and more and more, I see my sin. I see I am limited in my abilities, and I am dependent more and more on God to live this life. And then are you living daily? And daily is an important word in a way that is consistent with the right view of God and self. Um, that's four things. Am I in the disciplines, 
right? Am I in the Word and am I in prayer? And not, did I read this passage last night to be prepared for today? Um, but what have I done over the last week, right? Is this a regular part of my life? Am I praying? Am I seeking God's will? Um, asking to be in His will? Um, is my life defined by love? Um, we will be known, God's disciples will be known by love, uh, and those who love me obey my commandments, right? Those kinds of passages. Am I a servant? Can I read Philippians 2 and say, that's what my life is about. I see what Christ did, and that's what I'm committed to. Um, and am I seeking first the kingdom, right? In all things, am I seeking the will of God? And that's uh, how I think about my life being consistent with the right view of God himself. Um, so on your orange sheet, you have uh, three application questions that um, I believe you will discuss some in your small group uh, after this. And, um, and I, if you want to dig more into what this looks like, uh, the, the one person in Scripture that hit me the most on this um, is Daniel. Uh, Daniel 1. I read that and say, um, if I was in a rush and I was writing James four thirteen to 5, 6, and I could just write one sentence, I would just tell the people, go read Daniel 1 and be that kind of man. Uh, because he really got this. That's what he was doing. Uh, so spend some time in that if you want to wrestle through what's my life look like in that. Uh, so open group reminder, uh, if you're here um, for the first time and you're not in a large group yet, then please stay in this room. And uh, David Newcomb and Bob Dyer and Jeff Singer will uh, get you together and lead you this morning. And just a reminder that the memory verse this week is 417. Uh, so let me close this in prayer that everybody could jump into their groups. Uh, Father, we just uh, thank you uh, that uh, you decided uh, to give us this word uh, because you love us, uh, because you were wise, you were good. Uh, you are all-knowing, and you want us to have life. I pray, Lord, that each person in this room, um, their name would be written in the book of life, Lord, that uh, they would know who you are, Lord, and, uh, and if they have not uh, truly come to the cross yet, Lord, I pray that today is the day and that um, the men in each of these groups would have the, the privilege of discussing and celebrating that if it is your will uh, to fully reveal yourself. Uh, to some men today. Uh, pray that we would be faithful in uh, living in these ways, Lord, seeking your will, trusting your will, doing your will in all uh, steps, Lord. I pray that Ezra 710 um, would define our lives, Lord, that we would read your word, we would do your word, and we would call others to do your word. We just thank you for Christ and the cross. Amen. Thank you, ma'am.